Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. And a good morning to you. Vince is back on Monday. My thanks to Mike Spaulding for sitting in. Debbie Lasga on your roads. My thanks to Brandon Snyder for producing the big show today because Greg is also out today. No one's ever going to have kids again. No one's going to want to have kids. Nope. We, we already talk about this, right? We already hear so much about how the younger generation is just a little bit more unique and different, not always interested in having children and whatnot, which is fine, you know, to each their own. But how in the world are any of them ever going to want to have kids? When you look at some of the costs that we now have here, and I'm not sure how best to fix this. I know they're trying to figure this out in Madison, but a Wisconsin nonpartisan research group releasing a new study this week that details the state's rising child care costs. And here's what it says. In priced out the steep cost of child care in Wisconsin, that's the name of it, Forward Analytics found the average annual cost of infant child care in Wisconsin was this. $13,000. Thirteen grand. That amount greater than the $10,000 at the annual tuition at UW-Madison. So your tuition in Madison is less than it costs to take care of an infant child. Now, obviously, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, it's not just one thing or two things. It's not just the nice swing that you can get for the kid to have or the expensive blanket or the little PPTPs that you get from from your neighbor or whatever to celebrate your your new kid being born. But... Obviously, there's a cost here that's crazy. I don't. I, what I don't understand is how in the world, A, is this ever going to be fixed? And B, who in their right mind would want to have a kid now? 13 grand. I remember, Brandon, I don't know how you did it. Did you have, did you, uh, have daycare or did you guys do, handle it yourself when you're one, when you're oldest ones were littlest no little? no we uh like my wife would just stay home yeah yeah it was because that's the part of it like and this was you know my oldest is 14 kind of like you like you know years ago it felt like it was expensive right and now it's obviously gotten worse and i just never felt comfortable with the whole daycare scene now there's there's a lot of great daycares out there a lot of great individuals uh in that business but it was just something we preferred to have our kids at home until school uh, came around, and now, based off the numbers you're rolling out, I am thankful that our <laughs> kids are all in school, right? Because they have some place to go. So, yeah. So we 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 did uh, daycare for a while and had a good experience with it, but then we finally realized we um, didn't like coming home to just like all of a sudden having these little kids at home after a long day of work, and then having to like figure out dinner or figure out all this other stuff. So then we decided to go with a nanny. So we had a great nanny; she was amazing. Uh, so we had a, a very uh, successful run there. But, you know, she did cost money. And, and we had her for several years, so that got a little pricey. Did uh, you compare it to daycare? How much? How, how did it compare, nanny versus? As far as price? Yeah. Uh, well, it kind of depends. Because, Debbie, for a, for a nanny, it uh, depends on how much you pay her. You might also need to figure out an insurance plan and taxes and whatever else there, oh, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. if they're not an LLC themselves or whatnot. So, like, there's just different things there that kind of come into play. So, I think it was almost a wash for us. Okay. Um, but that said, it was phenomenal because we could just come home and, oh, yeah. and they're already there. And, and our nanny uh, did do some uh, house 
set up for oh, us. Oh, you're so, golden then. Your routine yeah. is is good. I know it's expensive. It's got to be expensive because my 12 year old daughter has her own babysitting business and she's like charging 30 40 dollars an hour and i'm like that's when did this happen <laughs> i used to babysit for free because i, I got told to it was like five dollars an hour yeah you were like hour. sweet i got 20 bucks i can buy whatever i want it's so funny you say that because my kid my 12 year old just babysat her uh twin nephews a week ago and my my wife helped my wife went over there too just to oversee because this was like her first real yeah you don't want to put too much pressure yeah and she got 40 dollars man how many hours uh, four maybe. Gosh, that's good money. Boy, forty bucks. That's good money. Yeah, but your kid's doing it right, man. Twenty or thirty. I mean, what are you gonna do? It was like Eric. It was probably two hours. I think they went out. <laughs> it was is a neighbor across the street, so she didn't have to really go anywhere. Yeah. And the kids, she's friends with the kids, so like they get along, they play. And she came home with like sixty bucks, and she was there for like two hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna start charging your rent. <laughs> Here's a text from Peter. I have four adult children in their 30s. Two of them are indicating that they'll likely never have children. The other two are in no hurry. See, that's the other aspect of this. Uh, grandparents oftentimes have been relied on, and there actually there's a lot of studies in that now, where grandparents are playing such a larger role in helping with their grandchildren that companies are even like adjusting toward that. Businesses are like, okay, do we need to give this grandparent uh, gratuity leave so they can spend time with this newborn that's their grandkid because they want to, because that's something the grand uh, grandparent wants to do, but also because they almost have to because mom or dad can't handle it on their own. Um, that's a whole different bag of worms right there. I am curious about this, though, Peter. Thanks for that text because I am curious if, if we're seeing more of that, if it's anecdotal or not, that less and less people are interested in having kids. Like, are there, are there grandparent wannabes out there that are now like, man, it's not going to happen. My kids are just not interested in that. And who knows? It could be a host of reasons why. But is it just because it costs too much? I mean, my goodness, these prices, 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talking text line if you'd like to weigh in. Obviously, we always like to chat with people too. 855-616-1620 if you got... No grandkids coming. Why not? If you have decided you're not going to have children, why not? We'd love to hear from you. 855-616-1620. couple other numbers here. Child care workers' median wage right now in 2022 was $26,000 in Wisconsin. That's the 13th lowest. So $26,000 median wage. So that plays a role too. In 2010, there were 20,000 child care workers Ten years later, there were five thousand less. So we dropped about twenty six percent in ten years on who's actually even doing childcare work. So okay, so you can't find anyone to help do the babysitting. You can't afford it anyway, and you also just can't afford all the things that come with having a baby. So who's having them? Eight twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty on the old National Bank talking text line. See, that's the idea. I think we just came up with something here. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is back Monday. Eric said here along with Brandon Snyder, Debbie Lazaga. I think the plan should be become a babysitter. <laughs> like That's really what we should all do. If your kid, if your 12-year-old is making $40 an hour being a babysitter, your 12-year-old's doing it right. That's, man, why not that? If you're retired or if you want to retire early, 
Why not just start being a babysitter? Make all your money there because people are looking for it. So we're getting all kinds of texts here on the old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Two things stick out to me, Brandon, from what I'm seeing on the text line here. One is there's a lot of people not having kids saying, hey, I either my adult children are not having kids or there's some other texters are saying, no, I'm, why would I have children? It's crazy costs. So they're just not having kids. That's the one thing I'm picking up here off the text line. The other thing is just how expensive it is. And if it's so expensive for childcare, then man, maybe I should get into that racket. Where's Mike? I got to put my two weeks in. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, like all it takes. I mean, man, all you need to do is hang out with the kid for a little bit, maybe pop on the TV for three hours. <laughs> and my and my daughter's smart with it. So she paid, uh, gosh, I forgot what the amount was, but it's an online course. So you get a certificate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, my kids. So she can go to people and be like, look, you know, you could have a babysitter, but are they certified through CPR and 911? Correct. Know, doing all that stuff. So it's. It's a business, and she's—I mean, she's doing the right thing. I mean, it's a—it's a good amount of money for going to the neighbor's house to play Barbies. From the two six two, my daughter's twenty eight. She has friends that won't have kids because of the cost and how hard it is to live on one income. Others saying something similar to that. Others saying how much they pay right now for childcare, and it's just these crazy prices. This one texter says, "How about using a robot instead to watch the kids?" Well, I'm, why are you laughing at me? That may happen sooner than you think. Um, Carl says, if you can't afford kids, don't have them. Well, yeah, that's the point. A lot of people aren't anymore. This millennial texting in saying that they have five children. They've always stayed home with them. Now they homeschool the ones that are school age. It was a great decision because some decisions aren't financial. They only have one childhood. So why not be there for them? So good for you. Good on you to be able to do that. Yeah. I think what I've learned today is that if people are paying that much for child care, Brandon, Debbie, we are in the wrong business. <laughs> that is the racket. I have a feeling that we could set up something even next week. <laughs> we could bring, was babysitting at Wisconsin's Morning News. <laughs> oh, bring yeah. your kid in. We'll talk about the Brewers. It's it's so much fun. You can watch Vince shoot his paper uh, balls into the garbage yes. can. He misses 95% of the time. You can, you can help clean up those. You can help clean up. We have coffee. <laughs> we have espresso for the we little ones. We have hot chocolate, too. Get them rolling. Mm-hmm. There's some snacks. You know, we can, we can make it work. We can make it happen. The, see, the key, though, is, Eric, is you got to have an older child, like I do and, and you do, uh, so that when... They turn 13, 14. You don't get paid. You're babysitting, and we are going to dinner. Yes. And you are not. What, what about my money? Uh, did you take a hot shower? Did you eat dinner last night? Right. How's your bed feel? You okay, get to live. <laughs> I let you stay here. That's your payment for watching the younger ones. Yeah, yeah, that's your right. That's the key. That's the, uh, the pyramid scheme there of having more than one kid so they can watch the younger ones. Here's uh, Ben on the south side. He says, uh, millennial here. My wife and I have four children. My wife had to stop working and become a stay-at-home mom. I'm good on her, too, if it's something that you're able to do. Uh, but this is something that, obviously, there's been a lot of talk in Madison about what to do with this type of thing. There was a special session being discussed. Uh, lawmakers have been discussing different things on how to make some of this more affordable. Um, but really, this is an opportunity, and I mean that sincerely. Like This is an opportunity. If the number of child care workers is significantly dropping and there's still a demand and it's super expensive to be able to find childcare, then if you're good hanging out with a couple of kids, watching a couple of kids, maybe you're maybe you're retired and you want to just watch a couple more. You don't have to charge for your grandkids, but maybe you charge on the others. So have a couple there. Figure out what the licensing is. 
good to go, making a little extra money. Let's make it happen. Let's, let's be entrepreneurs. Let's get those robots going and figure this all out. That's just one idea. Stop laughing. Yeah. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wisconsin's Morning News. The picket line and the walk continue in Hollywood. This is us saying the deal's not right yet. Justine Bateman there, actress and a writer. But it looks like they're close. They're going to return to the negotiating table today, the writers are, with the studios. And it seems like things are moving in the right direction. The rumors were flying fast and furious Thursday. A deal is close. Could happen in hours. But that never materialized. What we do know is that the WGA and the studios, represented by the AMPTP, talked for hours Thursday into the evening. And for a second day, the talks included the heads of Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers Discovery, and NBC Universal. We also know that talks will continue Friday, the longest stretch of in-person negotiations since the strike started in May. Okay, so we got that. This is the longest stretch of actually conversing with one another. Um, if this goes another week, it'll be the longest writer strike in history. The good news is the fact that the heads of Disney and Netflix are there would indicate that they're moving in the right direction and they're close. But as of now, Bateman and the others still on the picket line. As long as it takes. As long as SAG, or WJ and SAG leadership says we need to, that's what we're going to do. Because these companies have nothing, nothing without us. What is Netflix without all of our work? A website. Just a website. <laughs> uh, soon they'll be holding hands again, though, and all will be well. But yeah, so nothing yet from the uh, the writer's strike. Hey, moving on quickly, uh, just a quick reminder. Uh, we were talking about this earlier today. There is a lot going on with your Milwaukee Brewers. They could clinch tonight. They could clinch the NL Central Division tonight. So the magic number is two. And because of that... That means if they win and the Cubs lose, the Central is theirs. So here's what we need. So the Cubs play this afternoon. They're at Wrigley Field, and they play the Rockies. So if the Northsiders lose, then you'll know right away that tonight could be a big night for the crew. Now, to get into the postseason at all, the magic number is one. So if the Cubs win and the Brewers win, then at least they clinch that they're in. So you have that going for you. I mean, I... Do you celebrate when you're just clinching to get in? I mean, is that... Yes. Are you, are you popping bottles? Yeah, it's a long season. There's a lot that goes into it. Matt Arnold sounded like he was all about it. Yeah, you're right. He did tell us yesterday that, hey, yeah, you're going to celebrate when you want to celebrate, right? And he said he would enjoy the sting of the champagne. Do you ever feel bad for, like, if you're a Mar- Miami Marlins employee and you're like, oh, the Brewers just won, so now we got to clean up after oh, them. Can you imagine how much that must smell in there? <laughs> it's got to be awful. Just the champagne and the Coors Light and whatever else is spilled yeah, If it's your the own team, that's smoke. different, but a visiting team, like, oh. Right? Yeah. So anyway, that could happen tonight for the crew, and we'll know right away. We'll know before they start tonight. They're in Miami. They play the Marlins. 5.40 start time for the first pitch. We'll know by then whether or not it's uh, potentially an NL Central clincher because, of course, the magic number is two and the Cubs play this afternoon. The other thing to remember is that uh, single-game ticket sales start today, 10 a.m., for the Wild Card Series. Now, this isn't, in the, this isn't in the bag yet, but it's very, very likely that the Brewers will host a three-game Wild Card Series, so best of three, all at home at AmFam Field. That would be August 3rd through the 5th. So that's a Tuesday through Thursday. They'd host all three games, a game three if they would need one. 
And we don't have a time yet on that. We don't have ideas of when those games will start. It really depends on who they play. But that is likely to happen. It's not set yet, but it's likely to happen. So that would be October 3rd through the 5th, AmFam Field, Brewers, and whoever they would play all three games right here at home. So tonight could be the night the Brewers clinch the NL Central. Oh, wait, I should also point out, uh, Rick Schlesinger told us that you can expect merchandise fairly quickly, too. So what I would anticipate is that if they clinch anything tonight and then going into this weekend, keep an eye on our website, but also brewers.com, because they'll tell you right away when that yeah, merch is available. And all the social media is, too. Yep. Yeah. On all the shops and all that, the brewer store, they'll tell you when that's available because they're ready to get it out there. 843, where was this 911 call from? That story next. Partly cloudy, humid today. There's a chance for a spotty shower, a high of 75. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 63. Weekend looks pretty good. Highs in the mid-70s. Maybe a slight chance for rain tomorrow morning to the west. Going to check in with Steve Scafidi here before uh, his program starts in about five minutes. I want to check in and ask him about the uh, emergency meeting that's taking place in Franklin today over the, uh, the music. The, the loud noises coming from the rock. But first, this story, the 911 call that this dispatcher just wasn't expecting. We got a pilot in the house, and I guess he landed in my backyard, and we were trying to see if we could get a, um ambulance to the house, please. I'm sorry, what happened? <laughs> what was that you said there? I'm sorry, what happened? Yeah, so a pilot, you've heard this story. This is the pilot of that F-35. This was in the Carolinas. Flying his F-35 had an issue, ran into problems, and ejected from the aircraft. Then the fighter jet continued to fly, and it ended up landing like some 60 miles away. They It took them a day to find the fighter jet after he had ejected from it. But now we're finally hearing some of the 911 call. Basically what he does was he, he jumps out of the plane, parachutes down, lands in someone's yard in North Charleston, and then asks for help. They call 911, and he talks to the dispatcher. We need to get uh, rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash-landed somewhere. I ejected. Yeah, so he was worried there. He's like, I, I don't know where the plane is, and it's going to crash somewhere. He's worried about people getting hurt or maybe even killed. But the dispatcher, of course, is going through the process. She can't really quite comprehend it. How far did he fall? I was at 2,000 feet. Okay. Okay, and... What caused the fall? Uh, an aircraft failure. <laughs> an aircraft failure. So she's going through you know, the questions she needs to ask him. He's trying to make sure that there's someone is finding where this plane is because no one is flying it. Okay, what part of the body was injured? Ma'am, I'm a pilot in the military aircraft, and I ejected. Um, so I just rode a parachute down to the ground. Can you please send an ambulance? Yes, sir. I've already told you they're on their way. I'm just required to ask these questions. Yeah, sir, I, I, we have to go through this process. Now, how far did you fall? <laughs> anyway, obviously the pilot is okay. Thankfully, no one was injured or killed. They did find the plane, like I said, 60 miles away. The question is, okay, so how did no one know where this plane was and why did he eject from it? 
And if he had to eject from it because of mechanical failures, how was it able to fly for another 60 miles? Anyway, they were able to find it. Typically what happens with from, from these F-35s, or at least from what I can understand, is when a pilot ejects from one of these military aircrafts, different transponders and different things, Intel, turn off because obviously they want to protect any intelligence that was taken from the plane. So that stuff gets wiped out. But why did this happen? Why did he eject? And thankfully, like I said, thankfully no one was hurt. The other question got me thinking about, and Brandon, I asked you about this because uh, being a vet, you've seen or at least heard from some of this, someone randomly landing or parachuting into someone else's property during a training (laughs) exercise isn't that unique. No, it actually happens more than people realize. I've personally seen it in apartments, in the kitchen. You just you don't have control. I mean, you have a little bit of control. You can steer left and right. You can you can break a little bit. Technology has advanced that a, a tiny bit, but depending on where the wind takes you, is <laughs> where you're going. Now, when you say you've seen it personally, were you the one that landed in the kitchen? I have not. <laughs> okay. I did land on my backside, and it put me out for about two weeks. Uh, but thankfully, that's as far as you know the injuries have yeah. gone for me. I have not landed anything. I've saw people land in lakes, rivers. I told you earlier this morning when we were talking in a power line Ooh, in North Carolina, so they had to good. call the uh, emergency line and get the power shut off. Lakes, rivers, uh, bushes, trees. Jeez. All right. So maybe this guy's seen a parachuter in his backyard before. Yeah, it's probably, like, oh, there's another one. Uh, <laughs> call 911. Thankfully, no one seriously hurt. I'm sorry, what happened? Hey, coming up next, uh, before we get to 9 o'clock, Steve Scafidi is going to jump in here. I want to ask him about this emergency meeting that's taking place today in Franklin. That's next. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is back on Monday. Eric Bilstead here. Again, my thanks to Brandon Snide. It may not seem like a big deal, but I really do appreciate it, and I hope he knows that it is a big deal. Brandon, like, on a moment's notice this morning, put a different hat on and produced the show because we needed a, a producer. Greg had some things going on, so Greg Hill will be back Monday, too. So to do that, yeah, he says it's not a big deal. I know he's a vet. He's seen some things. Um, <laughs> but still, still pretty cool. So thank you, Brandon. I appreciate uh, anytime, it. Anytime, Eric. Uh, and like I said, Vince and Greg both back on Monday. Okay, so Sandy Max, Steve Scafidi in here in studio. WDTMJ now is next. <laughs> and I am fascinated by this emergency meeting that's going to take place today in Franklin. Oh, to be a fly on the wall you got the mayor, you have uh, the developers with The Rock trying to figure out how to, what, not be so noisy? How do you change what's already out there as far as noise? You made a great point earlier. This, this thing sits on a hill, and it faces Greendale to one, one direction. you got Franklin, a, a beautiful neighborhood, so that's not easy. It sounds like, at least, and I've gotten a lot of information in the last half hour, we're actually going to be joined by Mike Zimmerman at 10.07 oh, this great. morning. So we're going to get his side of the of this story. But a, a resident, actually a couple residents, have sent me long, detailed emails about what they think the problem is. And some of this relates to an extension of the normal hours. Uh, for example, one of the residents provided a, a story about, the, I think it's called Hills Have Eyes. Oh, yeah, the Halloween stuff. Yeah, yeah. and how they push back, push the hours back so it was it was noisier later. Look, this is a tough situation. Franklin has to figure this out. I don't know the, the internal dynamics of Franklin's Common Council anymore. I don't know the mayor basically at all because he's a new mayor. I knew Steve Olson very well, and he was an advocate for The Rock it's a big, big development. It's yeah. in, many, in many ways, this is the biggest thing happening, frankly, because what do we know? Northwestern Mutual, they're pulling out. Yep. 
uh, the hospital on 27th Street, they've been pushed, pulling back. So this is a big deal for the city. We have one hotel already there. I think there's another one under, under construction. Lots of economic development, and that's something that residents of Franklin told me a long time ago, even when I was mayor, they wanted to see more of that. Sandy, the thing that I can't figure out, and I was trying to do some research on this, there are a ton of outdoor venues all across the country, mm-hmm. everywhere, that play music. And I was trying to figure out like what best mitigation ideas would even be out there to limit some of the noise. Well, I remember in Chicagoland, I used to work there and in Tinley Park, that big venue that's been called everything. I yeah. still call it the World Amphitheater. But there, it was a strict 11 o'clock curfew. And it was pretty set out. But that music would still strain, oh, sure. you know, waft through the air. So there are those measures, I think... I think everybody wants The Rock to be there and to continue to grow and be this great social space all year round. It's how do you manage that? And this taco and tequila event that seemed understaffed or that they weren't prepared for that level of bodies to be there. Because no one likes tacos or tequila. I mean, (laughs) or the 90s rap that they book, you know. (laughs) So I think it's figuring out. How to manage that. And the Zimmermans are smart and sharp and they've right. developed this space. So it's finding, I hope this is a really productive conversation. And I and I applaud the representatives from the community to call an emergency meeting rather than just let this go and let this go. Like, okay, let's yeah, really talk it about out. it. And we talked to Mike Zimmerman back in July when one of the audio, the sound studies had been done and those results were coming out. So you've got the data. How do you manage this real life answer look at the Summerfest situation remember that they used to have noise bleeding all over the place now you can't walk you walk around a corner the whole the whole sound disappears oh, yeah. from one stage to another they should start looking at those kinds of ideas this is a big deal out there it's not going away it's a huge piece of franklin's economic development plan all the things that relate to that what comes in the future you got to figure it out and maybe that starts today wisconsin's morning news coming to an end wtmj now is next and a quick reminder brewers fans 10 a.m is when tickets go on sale for the expected it's not official yet but the expected wild card series that'll be at american family field on october 3rd 4th and 5th so we already know that if they clinch, which they could do today, the NL Central, they will play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at home on October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So 10 a.m. is when tickets go on sale. And might I just say, so if the Brewer, if the Cubs lose this afternoon, the Brewers could clinch the division tonight. Um, enjoy it, Brewers fans. <laughs> uh, savor it. Soak enjoy. it in. Yeah, because this is, this is what you are a fan for is these moments. Enjoy the moment because it doesn't always happen. And this is one of those moments that you can enjoy with family, with friends. And with Chicago's fans. jealous. <laughs> There's a whole lot of other teams that are jealous of us. I think Chicago decided they're done with their season already. Tapped out. <laughs> All right, we're, we're finished. 859.